What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Tipped Out Podcast. It feels like a million years have passed since we've done a podcast here, but nonetheless, you are here with your host, Danny Christie from Danny Christie Golf and Brandon Palmer from Balance Performance Golf. What's going on, Danny? It's great to see your little pale face. <laughs> great to see yours too, dude. Um, when's the last time you shaved, dude? I don't... Bro, this morning. Really? Yeah, I, I haven't shaved in about three months. Yeah, this is this is fourteen and a half years work. But but uh, what's going on? So this is we're gonna get right back into it. Today's quick podcast is gonna be about getting to know your numbers. Uh, like we talked about stats all the time, it is just as important to know your distances as far as carry and totals. What we're gonna talk about first is kind of. A little bit of my misconceptions with that once we get into the full swing yardages and that kind of talk. Uh, I got a chance to work with TrackMan. That's awesome. Get to know your yardages. That is key, right? So the first thing we're going to go through is what I did for my wedges. Uh, and I like to set up a little bit. I think it's kind of based really on preference. I've noticed that as an instructor and talking with certain players that it does come down to preference. Um I don't know, Danny, what do you like to do in terms of your wedges? Are you feel? Do you have a clock system? Or I don't really know what to call this. Mine is kind of like a in between a clock system, a feel, and like positions. I, I take positions. Like I like hip, rib. We'll talk about that. But what type of player are you when it comes to wedges from 120 and in? Yeah, um... I would say I'm I'm more of a feel than anything. I do I I do like to get the number, so I like to shoot it if it's like 67 yards or whatever. I like to, you know, you get to a distance where you know it's not a full swing. I still yeah. like to know the number. Um, and then, um, the positions you talk about I think are pretty important because I, I usually try to have an idea of like how far my hip high to hip high swing would go or how far like what feels like my rib high to rib high swing would go so that combined with just literally practicing and, and knowing my yardages based on how i'm hitting it and then just take that feel to the course so um i, I think it's really important to when you practice as long as you're not necessarily working on your swing if you're kind of there for like game practice um I love to hit wedges to different yardages, 30, 60, 50, change the club, hit it high, hit it low. So just start to learn the trajectory and the yardage you can hit with different clubs. Um, and I think another thing is people don't use their pitching wedge or whatever mm -hmm. enough from 50 yards. If you've got a lot of green to work with, you can make a pretty small motion, really control the trajectory, not put a ton of too much spin on it and, and hit that shot. So. I definitely agree, man. It's and that's really what it came down for me. Like <clears throat> before it was feel and it was the fact that I was playing so much that like I just kinda knew those shots, right? Like so now it just came back to me like I'm not playing all the time, so I would love to have a little guidebook to look at as for the feel. And then of course you're gonna factor in the wind, the lie, pin location, spin. So what I did is I went through for my fifty four degree wedge, fifty and my pitching wedge. I did uh, what my yardages were comfortable for them. I started at 30 yards and went as high as I could. So I went 30 to 70 uh, with the 54-degree wedge uh, where I feel like I can swing really in tempo. That's my max. I don't really like to overswing or either 
even full swing a red wedge, really. I, I have the numbers, but you won't really see me do it too much on the course. Uh, and then I went from 30 yards to 100 yards with my 50, and then finally 30 to 120 with the pitching wedge. And these are all carries. So starting with the 54, I don't, I don't need to go through every single one, but I did it based on my stance width and then where in relation my hands were to my body for that carry. <clears throat> so let's say for um, 50 yards carry with my 54-degree wedge, my feet are a fist width apart, so literally one fist width between my two feet, and then it literally goes farther and farther. So I go from one fist, which is really close stance together, to four fists or full stance, which is like shoulder width. Um, definitely feeling like I'm going to sneeze, but I'm going I'm to power through that. <laughs> so, uh, 50-yard carry, feet are fist width apart, and I go from the low rib to low rib on either side. So hands go from my low rib cage on either side. My carry is going to be roughly 50 yards. Full grip. You know, I didn't go through like gripping down or gripping up. I just very uh, general grip. And like I said, this doesn't have to be the gospel. It's really just a guidebook um, for what to check or like, you know, just a quick checkbook. Wow, so congested out of nowhere all of a sudden. But um, yeah, that's 50 yards carry. Do you, do you kind of think about that too, Danny? I've definitely not thought about stance width and changing trajectory and distance until I got to altitude here it's uh it's something that really opened the door for a lot of different shots yeah for sure brandon i uh, that was one thing that if i was to touch on something that what you just said i would would have jumped on that um stance with stance with is really cool way to pretty simply just change the shot you're hitting i feel like on those shorter ones like 30 40 yards i could take a whatever wedge you know you can that's when you can take a more club like a pitching wedge or something like that and really just feel – I think of it as like a big chip feel, kind of just a pretty big, pretty much similar motion. I really don't add much hinge, and I just rotate it back to about hip or what you said, low rib high, and rotate yep. it through. And as long as your setup's correct, you're going to get the low point in the right spot, and it's not that difficult of a shot to hit. And there's not the, – the more narrow you get, I think the less that prevents lateral motion basically. So that's also good for you to stay centered. Yep, that's huge. And if you go ahead and watch the pros, just to touch on what Danny said there about the amount of hinge he has, we'll talk about that um, in our next podcast when we get into bunkering uh, and amount of hinge and different things for shots. But watch the pros when they hit generic, either bump and runs or pitch shots, or you know they're hitting a pitch with a lob shot, or excuse me, with a lob. Um, from there, watch how much they're hinging the club. If their hands are going from hip high or less, there's probably not going to be much wrist action and hinge of that club unless they're trying to get it up rather quickly. And most of the time you're going to hinge it on both sides. But if you're trying to hit the higher shot and you're looking for good spin, I like to have really good arc width in the backswing, which we've talked about in the pitching and chipping podcast before. If you haven't yet, check those out. Some great series there for beginners, setups, taking you right through the bag. But anyway, uh, keeping that arc width, when your club head stays closer to the ground, it just keeps everything more on plane and far more simple and then allows you to utilize the grooves a lot more, especially if you keep that club head low to the ground in the through swing as well. Shout out to Jim Lees, one of our professors from Delhi. He was a big advocate for that, man. Like club head low, 
let all the ball go up those grooves and really uh, maximize the spin. That's what spin comes from. Uh, ball on base. That's what we really need. But just kind of a cool little thing there with the wedges, man. Uh, like I said, I did that from 54, 50 in pitching wedge. It's great. You just got to use different clubs and really see what is the simplest shot for you. You know, maybe maybe hitting at 60 yards, you've always used your lob wedge and you've took a full swing every time. Maybe now going to your pitching wedge with, you know, a one fist width stance and your hands going to waist high or rib high, that might simplify everything for you. But now keep in mind the rollout percentage or how much the ball is going to roll out. When you go down in loft, the ball will generally roll more, right? We're not going as high and it may not have as much spin depending on how hard you're swinging it. So that being said, the lower trajectory, um, wider stances, narrower stances, uh, how you utilize the arc width of the club, hinging or not hinging. It's all things that aren't necessary to be a golfer, but to be a great golfer, I think they are. Like having 100%. limited knowledge on almost everything, I think is almost a must. Like you'll ask or hear some interviews with some PGA Tour pros where you'll talk to their coach and like the player may have almost no idea what's going on or how they do it. And that's like where uh, ignorance is bliss, right? Like yep. if you're really liking something, like you don't really have to know why it's working. It does help you when you need to fix it or, you know, like so you don't have to pay a coach millions. But at the same time, I don't know. It, it just all depends on how you are as a person, as a golfer. It's very individual, I think. Like yeah. I'm not – to the outside person – my mother included, like she thinks I'm going crazy with looking at these yardages. And like when my dad and I talk about it, she's like, can't you just like relax and play? And I'm like, hmm. I'm, I'm trying to play better is all. Like it seems like I'm getting worked up or that I'm like overanalyzing that I know how far each club lands and rolls in the spin. And like, but to be a great golfer or at least teach it well, those are things you need to know. So yeah, depends on the Last thing I want to say, and then we'll kind of get back to the meat of this, which I want to get to, but um, speaking in terms of technique on these shorter shots, um, and then just throughout throughout the, the bag, any club, any, you know, any putting stroke, whatever, the more your technique is sound, it basically just leaves you more room for error in the motion, and you'll still get away with a pretty good shot, I feel like. I mean, basically you know, when you play a lot and you do it a lot, you know, you might get pretty good with whatever motion you're rocking from 50 yards and in, but you're still going to have the miss. Like for me, for a while, I was too steep and would like not be controlling the, the trajectory and the spin of the ball that well or, and would get steep and stabby and chunky and, you know, but anyway, when you do this, all of a sudden it becomes a lot more easy and consistent to just hit those shots pretty well all the time and not have to deal with anything too crazy. Yeah. Well, well, Danny said that is so perfect. Like, especially if you're someone listening, that's a pretty seasoned golfer and you've done certain things a long time and you may have gotten decent results with it. It doesn't mean that like you have to reinvent your whole game. It's all about just adding more shots to your bag that you're able to pull off. But also that means on your next Sunday match, like if you've been hitting lob shots your whole life from the fringe like don't now pull out the six iron and try the same technique like you know you've got to practice these things Arnold Palmer used to love to say like never 
you know, have a shot in competition that you haven't practiced. Never play a shot in competition that you haven't practiced. Um, so I think that goes for anything. Like, you know, if you just have habits and you play a lot or you've played for 40, 50 years with the same habits, you may have gotten decent results. So if someone changes your grip or now we change the club that you're chipping with, it may not work out perfect and you're probably going to want to resort right back to your old habits and that's that's human nature and that's okay. That's what we see in golf a lot of times. We practice all day long on the range and as soon as we get to the course, it's back to our old habits because that's where golf happens though. So when you're out on the course, try the new, uh, the new techniques, the new shots, work on these different little things so now that you can just go play. If you're a super field player, you know, Get in front of a launch monitor or hit to a target that you know is 100 yards with your range finder and just see. Like, it doesn't help getting to know your game better, you know? So that's that's just my my preference, what I do, what has helped me the most. Um, but it's also not what I've always done. And it's also something I have may have looked at as outlandish or, like, yeah. too much. This, this isn't deep as Bryson goes, you know? Like, this is just the bare minimum of knowing yardages. Okay, and this is one little thing I want to want to say, and then I want to go through what you did quickly, and then yeah. we'll just talk about kind of the conditions and how those affect your yardages. But one last thing I want to say too is when you're out on a range practicing, shoot. I mean, hopefully you have a range finder. If you don't, hopefully the yardages and stuff are marked, and you'll at least know what the yardage is to the things out there. But shoot flags with your rangefinder and figure out how far away they are and then hit shots of those flags and see where you're ending up um you know on the spectrum of yardage with that flag and then kind of once you understand okay on average don't take your best one and think this is my yardage for this club because you're going to be short all the time figure yeah. out what your average is on maybe like 10 shots that you've hit decent and then that's probably about your stock yardage for that club. And then, you know, when you get out there and there's a front pin and you're thinking you're going to hit it as good as you can to just barely get it there, maybe club up and know, oh, this is my stock yardage. Or maybe go down to something you feel like you're not quite going full at and then just hit it to the center of the green beyond the pin. All about finding ways to trick yourself almost into hitting more greens, whether it's play to the back edge of the green, you know, if you – think you can hit it further than you really can and that type of thing. Yeah, that's that's huge, dude. Like practice how you preach, get out there, and then it's really just all about course management. This has helped me my most with course management. Like you said, uh, green and regulation percentage, all these different little things add up, right? Like, So if you're just going out there a weekend warrior and you don't care at all and you're just swinging for the fences every time, like, you know, this might really help you or you might just not care at all to do this and that's also totally fine like it really comes down to what your goals are within the game as well right definitely um let's let's get into real quick uh before we move on just into my full swing yardages and what i did for that as well uh so i was talking to danny and i knew that like i just i haven't been struggling big time in my rounds like with distances but i've just been noticing that i've been shorter than long and when it comes to wind, I didn't feel like I was playing it right. Like I felt like I was hitting the shots almost dead perfect in terms of contact and everything, and it would still come up short. And I was just like really troubled if it was the wind or my yardages or whatnot. So I hopped on a track man, 
and I hadn't done this, like I said, in forever. This was, this was huge, knowing your yardages, carries, and totals. Um, the last time I did this was probably at Dell High on a launch monitor. And the big factor that kind of totally changed my perception um, and kind of almost set me down a little spiral here was the fact of what we call normalization on like a track man or a launch monitor. So it normalizes all the factors. So it gives you almost optimal uh, numbers in terms of like no wind as well as elevation. So going from like upstate New York to South Florida, elevation change, also more humidity down here. And for the fact that I was playing into probably a club to two club wind that day, it was kind of like left to right and into. Um, But when I was doing these yardages, I had the normalization um, off at first. So I was hitting like numbers that were just blowing my mind in terms of like shorter than I had ever imagined. So like I thought in my mind normalization was on and it was off. And so like I'm hitting nine iron carrying 120 yards and I'm like, Oh my God, like, <laughs> this is why I've been playing so bad. So I went through, I hit, um, now I don't think I definitely hit enough to get really solid yardages or averages, excuse me. I did this kind of in a quick manner, just went through the bag, but I hit four balls with each club um, from pitching wedge. No, I started at nine iron. Yeah, this sheet's nine, nine iron to four iron and got those uh, averages of carry and total. And then I went through and reclicked the button normalization on. And those are the numbers I've been going off of. So that's where the big misconception is. My um, carry with optimal altitude and wind, meaning no wind, I hit my nine iron a carry of 150, and it totals around 155, or excuse me, 157 to 160. That's the number I've been going in on my head every time. I set up to a front pin 145 yards away with definitely some wind. Like there isn't a day that it isn't windy here in Florida. And so now I set up and I'm saying to myself, all right, yeah, this should be good. Like I carry it 150. The wind should knock it down and be pin high. Dude, into that club and a half wind, I'm, I'm carrying it 125 on average. Like, huh? Like, so that's the difference. The further away you get from the green, the wind has more of an effect. So the further you go, the more the ball has to go up in the air and farther. Of course, it's going to be affected by more wind. But also knowing the harder you swing makes your ball spin more. And if you have a somewhat technically incorrect swing, if it's out to in or in to out, that's all sorts of side spin, top spin, back spin all these different things that will be then amplified in the wind. So if it's downwind, sidewind, uh, headwind, all these different things matter. But what really matters is like knowing what my nine iron does, you know? So like that's what I've been telling you, dude. I was struggling so bad because I would, I would do all these different things accidentally but also on purpose. Like I wasn't thinking that they all had such a crazy factor because I was thinking I hit it so much farther than I did like in the wind. So, you know, I would maybe choke down an inch. I would three-quarter it, uh, you know, try and flight it. And I'd still be coming up short. And I'm like, dude, like, what is it? So the long story here in this 
therapy session here for me basically about my yardages is that like you just we really got to know one what we're looking at the technology we're using and then what we're trying to get out of it like I feel so much better in my game, not only because of the little wedge matrix I put myself through of knowing how far each club goes where I bring it. I mean, that has helped me score so much better. My proximity to the hole and the fact that how pin high I am all the time is at least saved maybe five, sometimes up to seven strokes, bro, even off of like the handicaps we play off of. Like that's huge because now you just gain more confidence as a putter. Maybe you don't have to pitch or chip as much. Depending on the course you play, the greens uh, around the greens could all be different. You know, tons of bunkers are not good grass, hard pan. All depends on what you're playing and the conditions. But, um, yeah, so I just hit four balls with each club. Took it for what it was. Um, I'll see. Maybe I'll send Danny a picture. But this is just how I did it. I put it in a, what is it, like a collage app and put the yeah. picture of track in my – so those are my carries and totals and the actual groupings just based on making uh, four swings back-to-back with each club. So not too bad. Really, really happy with the takeaway and just the better understanding that, like, there's wind. It's it's factor of grain. Are you into the grain or down grain? Um, uphill, downhill, into the wind, downwind, club selection. The fact that we aren't professional golfers, well, to a certain extent. And um, like, we're not always going to hit it perfectly on the face. Like, so if I'm taking my four best shots out of maybe 10 on a normalized system, bro, you're going to be hitting seven irons, like 200 yards. Like that's not how we play golf on the course. So different when we get to actual turf, so different when we get into actual elements, actual pressure, actual body ailments, like, so all those things play a factor, and I just had to open my mind back up to them. It's been a while. So I don't know if you've struggled with something like that. I don't think you can struggle with something like that, shooting in the 60s all the time like you do. But <laughs> um, It's just ripping 67, 65s, bud, 61s, 60s, 48s. Crazy. 48 on, on 9, baby. <laughs> now, um, yeah, I think um, – I think you pretty much nailed it. I just think not enough people realize. And I think it's why um, a lot of times on on simulators you'll get kind of confused with your yardage because they normalize it or maybe you're playing at a course in Colorado on the simulator, you don't realize it, and it's normalizing it to the altitude and like the, maybe the humidity in, in Colorado and, and you're also downwind, who knows. But I think um, those those elements are – really important and really crucial to how far you actually hit the ball. So yep. when I don't hit it as far in Florida as I do in Canton, New York, especially not at Partridge Run where my ball is teed up in the middle of the fairway on their super long, nice <laughs> grass there. But um, that's the other thing too, the lie. I mean, if you have a really tight lie and you hit it right or good, it's going to spin more than, than something yep. out of some longer fluffier stuff that might knuckle. So, uh, those are all things you got to learn. And again, the only way to learn is to be in the situation. So, 100%. I don't know, brother. You got anything else to add on that? That's just a quick bite on yardages and, uh, you know, trying to find out a little bit more about your game. But nothing nothing too in-depth here. No, I think uh, I think we crushed it. And I think we're good. Let's, let's run the next one.
Yeah, definitely. So I don't think, I'm not sure, uh, Danny, let me know if I'm wrong, but I don't know if we can link anything on Spotify or Apple, but linked in the description below, if you are tuning into this um, on YouTube, linked in the description below is going to be the way to join our family. So the tipped out family is going to be like our email list. So we're going to inform you guys on updates on uh, when we drop episodes, our discount codes, product giveaways, uh, and we when we come out with like instruction and ebook series. So it's just going to be all things great. Never miss an episode and stay in touch with us. Uh, so that's going to be linked below. Join the tipped out family. Yeah, definitely. Um, I might be able to link it on Spotify and Apple. Not sure, but. Uh, we'll check. Thanks for joining us. What's that? Yeah. I said, yeah, we'll check. But if it's not there, and you're, you know, you're listening on Apple or Spotify, just tune in. It's in the LinkedIn. Uh, it's linked in the description of our bio on Instagram, as well as um, being in the description on the YouTube video. So, like Danny said, thanks for tuning in, brother. Peace and love. I don't, I don't have much else. Hit, hit some shots and figure out your yardages, people. <laughs> figure out the yardages, bro. We will catch you in the next one. Peace and love. Contraband got that dope. Sometimes.